Hello from Stockholm and welcome to A Woman's Place. I am Samanda Ekman and this podcast is a collaboration between the local and Invest Stockholm. Today we'll be talking with two inspiring women who have found their place in the world and uh, together they are co-founders of Stockholm Music City a movement bringing together Sweden's two most dynamic industries, music and tech. Welcome to Grace McCallum and Sara Herlin. Thank you. Thanks. So great to have you here. This podcast is called A Woman's Place and the inspiration for that name is uh, the old idiom A Woman's Place is in... The kitchen, <laughs> the home. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you heard that expression? Yes. Um, I think growing up in Australia, there's quite a blokey culture and uh, people like to joke about that stuff still. So, uh, yeah, I heard it growing up a lot. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, that's not the case anymore. So this podcast is uh, going to be about other places. Uh, your place here in Stockholm. And uh, Sarah, you're Swedish. Yes. to begin with, but you've lived uh, other places in the world and you have an, a really interesting background. So tell me more about your background. Well, I grew up uh, half, half, I usually say half the time in Sweden, parallel to living in other countries in the world with my parents. My mother is actually from India originally, uh, moved to Sweden when after a long hard battle was allowed to marry my father, <laughs> who is the Swedish one. So, uh, yes, we've lived uh, in very far away places. Permanent places for me have been, uh, apart from Stockholm, which I will always consider home, is uh, London, uh, Cambridge and America. And Grace, you uh, are a long way from home because uh, you're from Australia. Yeah, I'm pretty much as, as far away as I can possibly get. Yeah, um, yeah. I, uh, I come from Tasmania, actually. So like even further south than Australia, <laughs> down under, down under. How did you end up here? Um, a bit of a weird story. Um, so I uh, was in my final semester of university uh, in Tasmania. And uh, then I saw on Facebook that... Um, the ABBA Museum and uh, Benny and Bjorn um, were putting together an ABBA choir for the 40th anniversary of ABBA winning Eurovision. And this was 2014. And I thought, oh, look, I mean, I've always been a big ABBA fan. This feels like a great competition. Not like I'm going to win. Not like I have a chance. But I'll send in my in my audition video. So I Just one question. How big of an ABBA fan? Pretty big. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I think... It's the first music I ever remember listening to and um yeah I it's it's been a lifelong love so <laughs> <laughs> so you saw this uh yeah I saw, information for I the saw audition it on yeah. on Facebook I was scrolling and uh I thought oh look I'll just send in this audition video I sang the chorus of thank you for the music and uh, then I found out in the middle of the night a couple of weeks later that I was uh, in the top 10 and from around the world and I just like I thought I can die happy now like it's not like I'm going to win but like top 10 is great at least Benny and Bjorn have heard my voice <laughs> no, one more question. the Abba choir like I didn't I I don't know anything about the Abba choir what is that So that was um that was actually started specifically for the 40th anniversary of ABBA winning Eurovision. It wasn't in existence before. Um but uh, Benny and Bjorn were like, well, it's not like ABBA's going to reform anytime soon. So we're going to put together this choir with the help of the people from ABBA 
the museum and uh, they had 50 members and 49 of the members were Swedes and then they opened one position for an international member and uh, I applied and then yeah I found out that I won and was coming to Sweden and it was only meant to be for about a week um, or even less. But how did you find out? Um, you, because you t- you were one of the remaining ten, and yeah. then you just got the they yeah. So they um they sent me an email, and then they were like, "We need to Skype you. You're the winner." I was like, "What?" Like my whole entire world just stopped. Like I can still remember that moment, and like I just like. I don't know. It was sort of like, I was just so excited. Was it actually like email from Bjorn and Benny or? No, it was from ABBA the Museum. And and so I was like completely ecstatic. And I didn't realise how big a thing it was in Australia. I mean, ABBA is huge there, but I didn't realise because I'd been teased growing up my entire life uh, for liking ABBA. So I thought it's like, it's something that's like closeted and like you just keep to yourself. And, uh, but I never did that. Um, <laughs> so um, I, I like, I didn't fully realise how big this story was going to be. And I remember um, that night, I, I found out at about 8.30 at night and then um, I partied until four <laughs> with my family and friends who like came around with like wine and everything. And Did you listen to ABBA during the celebration? <laughs> I listened to ABBA all the time. <laughs> in my highs, in my lows. Um, no, so I uh, then after like four o'clock, I thought, oh, look, I'll take the next day off university. It will be fine. Like I can recover. And then um, I went to sleep and an hour later um, at 5 a.m. I started to get calls from national media organizations like the Today Show, 7 p.m. Project, like ABC and what was News. That, what was the headline? Just like that I was, that this girl, little girl from Tasmania had <laughs> Tasmanian won. Tasmanian student. <laughs> had won this uh, this competition and was uh, going to be singing ABBA in Sweden and so then they like they were like can we film these interviews and like I was doing back to back like I didn't even I didn't have time to eat and I thought like being a celebrity would be like the grossest thing ever <laughs> I had it for about like a month or two months or something and did I was like did they also make you it. sing like in the interviews or I think they did in one of them and yeah it was oh yeah they made me sing Super Trooper and oh, <laughs> they all asked the same questions like oh what's your favourite ABBA song what's your favourite ABBA album ha 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 what is your favourite ABBA song oh <laughs> uh, it's a tough one I think um, probably I Let the Music Speak which is like I just go for all of the really unknown ones okay <laughs> so what happened you what did you know being such a big ABBA fan what did you know about Sweden before you jumped on the plane I didn't really know anything it seemed like a very exotic place I I sort of knew Vikings and cold and um the ice hotel and ABBA and Ikea obviously um (laughs) that's about it and so I I was sort of ready for anything um but it's it's not somewhere that I ever thought that I would I I thought I might visit there and like do an ABBA pilgrimage one day but I didn't like never thought I would live here. <laughs> so what happened? You 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 came and for like rehearsal with a choir or Yeah, so it, I think it was about six weeks after I found out then uh, they flew me here and it was supposed to be five days here and rehearsing and and getting to know the choir and and doing a couple of touristy things um with a key to the city which was pretty amazing. Um, um, and then I sang with the choir at, at outside Abba the Museum um, 
And then we flew to London to perform at the Tate Modern, uh, which was pretty incredible. And uh, I got to meet three out of four members of ABBA, so I was fairly happy. <laughs> oh, dream come true. Yes, it really was. <laughs> And, and so when you said you did some touristy things and five days in Stockholm, yeah, I suppose what 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 stuck with you? What do you remember from those days? Like your first impression of Sweden? My first impression was um, actually driving to Alba the Museum, and uh, and I was with some of the staff from there, and they were sort of pointing out the landmarks and stuff, and and I I just felt sort of at home I don't know it was a weird feeling that came over me and it sounds like really cliched and stupid to say it but I remember saying to the COO of the museum um half an hour after I got here um I I, th- I feel like I could live here one day and she was like okay <laughs> and um and I think everybody just thought like even even after the trip when I went back and and I kept saying like yeah so I'm going to live in Sweden you decided yeah decided (laughs) I'd be I sort of uh, I remember being back at uh, Melbourne airport on my way home and and the ABC called me to interview me about the entire trip and um and I said yeah so I'm I'm thinking I'm going to move to Sweden and they were like okay and have have you told your parents about this and I was like no but they know now because <laughs> I'm on national radio <laughs> so. did they ask why um no I, I a lot of people did after after they realized it wasn't a passing phase yeah um, and what was your answer to that I think it was it was mainly like the I loved the language even though I can't speak it very well now but um I I loved the language and the culture and and I just saw so much opportunity in music and before I came here I wasn't really a risk taker like I had my five and ten year plans I knew exactly what was going to happen in my life and I was quite happy with that um and then everything sort of went out the window and it sort of allowed me a chance to really live and come into myself and um and so I I saw that opportunity quite early that there were so many possibilities I didn't necessarily know what they were but I wanted to find out so yeah sorry I you have heard this fairy tale <laughs> story before I guess yes and the bizarre thing was not knowing Grace at the time I was there on the other side at several of the what you you saw her in the choir I saw her in the choir <laughs> My brother was one of the 49, or is, <laughs> and... Uh, so your lives were parallel. Yes, yeah. it's you... bizarre when we say, see things. This keeps repeating itself that uh, it's, it's like you're my unknown daughter or something, <laughs> or little sister. Yeah. And uh, how, how was the performance from the choir? Fantastic. <laughs> it was absolutely fantastic. And uh, it was amazing because it was such a small event. Uh, not, it was a huge event, but small amount of people who were invited and the very place where I stood listening to all of you uh, was where you stood being interviewed. Mm. <laughs> and it took, uh, it was a year before our paths properly crossed mm. after that. And also I was in London and I was part of Universal and all the people arranging on the other side. So it was quite bizarre to hear the experience from yeah. your end and knowing <laughs> that I was there and my brother. And now we <laughs> see the shots where we're both in those videos and like in the same yeah. shot and 
and we didn't know each other for another year and a half, which is crazy. <laughs> it's like I know the word bromance, but what's the word when it's with women? <laughs> Don't know. We, uh, yeah, we have to create. It's one. It's a love yeah. story. <laughs> we do have to create one. And and now we have our hub that's right there at that spot where I performed, and she yeah. saw me perform, mm. and. Our and hub is right there. <laughs> the very, very spot where I saw you perform and where you were interviewed at, at the same day is the exact spot where we signed the contract for the building next door, which is actually owned by Björn Alvies. Mm. No yeah. connection to this at all. It's <laughs> bizarre how things happen. It, it did come true for you then. So you, you just packed your things and went back to yeah, Sweden. It, how did it, it took, happen it for you? It took a while. It was, it was a bit of a... Um, it was a sort of long for me I was ready to go um as soon as I got back I was like as soon as I can I need to get back there did and you I start was, making a plan or yeah I did um and I I started like uh, booking with travel agents and my parents were like what are you doing <laughs> um but I actually um there are a lot of spanners put in the works um along the way and so it, it actually took me a longer time to get here but um firstly like the day that I got back I got offered my what was supposed to be my dream job at the ABC as a journalist and um I worked there um doing uh stuff in the newsroom like journalism in the newsroom but also um a lot of radio production and and field reporting and stuff um and I I completed my final semester of university. I was still doing that at the time. Um, and uh, my my parents had like really bad health issues and stuff. And I kept having to put my trip off um, like multiple times. And then I finally got on the plane um, a year later. So You quit your job. Yeah, I did. My, my dream job. So everybody thought I was insane um, <laughs> because this was all I'd been working towards for my entire life. I'd been so focused. Everything was about getting the education that I needed to work at the ABC and be a journalist and probably a foreign correspondent and but you you felt that you you had to go you had you had yeah, to move here yeah there was something because I'd never listened to my intuition before um when I had such a strong feeling that there was something here for me I just I had to follow it so everybody was like but like you've worked so hard for this you've finally got it like everybody works for 8 years before they get into the ABC and now you're just going to give that up and move to a country where you know nobody and like you don't have a job and you don't have an apartment and i was like yep <laughs> so, so you, you land in in stockholm yeah and you have a place to live yeah oh that also came through abba um so <laughs> the abba choir like all good things there like a s- <laughs> super <laughs> no, but yeah actually i um i Uh, got I heard about the apartment through um, somebody who had who was an ABBA fan and saw me perform. So <laughs> seriously, <laughs> yeah, pretty crazy. Um, so yeah. and you arranged that before. So so you you had an apartment to arrive yeah. to. Yeah. Well, got I actually um, uh, it, I didn't realize the housing situation in Stockholm before I booked my one way ticket. So I booked my one way ticket and I was super excited and I put out my status on Facebook being like, Hey guys, just booked my one way ticket. I'm arriving in like 10 weeks. Um, does anybody know where I can live? <laughs> yeah, that's the response I got. So um, <laughs> there was an awkward sort of uh, silence on Facebook for a while. And then um, one of the girls from the choir who, um, I became really good friends with and we were talking every day on the phone um, for the entire year. So I thought, like, I knew some people. Um, 
And she she was like, look, Grace, I think the thing that you don't understand about Stockholm is that like it's it's really hard to get an apartment here and like you probably shouldn't have like just booked a ticket. <laughs> and then it so this status actually um, got me my apartment. And um, yeah, it, it feels like every time I have a, a situation that isn't supposed to work out, it just magically does. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm, I'm speechless. I, I, let's let's uh, move uh, forward to when you to meet for the first time, or uh, because you go to you're here in Stockholm and and you're looking for work. You, you mm. want to find something to to do while you're here, right? Yeah, yeah. that was the plan. Yeah, <laughs> and you, but you have no idea. So yeah. you're just wandering around. I I really wanted to get into the music industry because I saw so much potential but I didn't really know what was happening I didn't have like my finger on the pulse and and I knew musicians and stuff but they were all sort of studying and so it was really hard for me to find footing anywhere and um, then I I went to an ABBA choir party and uh, it's like so, a reunion party <laughs> yeah <laughs> actually and so it was the first time I'd seen them in a year and a half and uh, and I met Sarah's sister-in-law and she said well like if you want to get into the music industry you need to meet my sister-in-law because she knows everybody <laughs> I didn't actually believe her but she actually does know everybody so um, we set up a lunch and so you get a phone call <laughs> from your sister-in-law yes and she says uh, do you want to go for lunch as we often have lunch and she said I have uh, this uh, wonderful girl who's um, in the ABBA choir and she said you might remember the missing member the one the international member and I said yes the one from Australia <laughs> and then uh, Simone my sister-in-law says uh, yes uh, she's moved to Sweden <laughs> where of course I say is she crazy <laughs> and <laughs> in spite of your trip at the time with the uh, uh, with the event being in actually this time of year with about the same amount of snow and mm. cold it wasn't as if it was that you were here in the summer mm. No, you, you uh, arrived during winter. Yeah, well, it was spring, April, so, yeah, April, yeah, yeah, but it okay. was still Swedish, really cold yeah, and yeah. colder than I experienced. <laughs> yes, and you were performing outside because yeah. the place, uh, the spot where the uh, where you, where the anniversary was, and you were performing was where, which has now actually been built in the courtyard, the glass house of Pop House. But uh, that was outside. Mm. We were jumping. Just Even I was dancing to Abba just to <laughs> keep <laughs> Even. <laughs> but but I had this, uh, this... So, of course, I said, uh, yes, sure, um, let's have lunch. And uh, I always want to lend a helping hand <laughs> if I can. Yeah, because um, from what I understand, you're uh, you're uh, known to be a networker. Like you, you and I like I like helping people. I think it's more that yeah. because I often say with networks in general, I I've started to nearly dislike the word because it makes it sound that there's a thought behind it. That who are you, someone that's good for me? Uh, whereas that's I think true true uh, the true value of a network is how you know people. And that you're genuine, have a genuine interest in people, and that's what people feel. And then wanting to help, and and when you help others, then if you help others selflessly, you do get back from yeah. somewhere else. Or or if nothing else, you just get the satisfaction of seeing things happen. I've always liked to make things happen. <laughs> that's what uh, people often say about me. That, so you, yeah. so you you sit down. 
Yeah. How, how was the lunch? How did it go? Well, I sort of went into this thinking like, oh, she's really big in the music industry. It's going to be like half an hour. And then she'll be like, well, good luck with everything. <laughs> Not really. Um, you mean five minutes? <laughs> yeah. I What's didn't your elevator was, pitch? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, actually. So I was a little bit nervous. And then like we sat down and we were still there three and a half hours later. And, uh, and you, you were sitting uh, in a lunch restaurant for <laughs> yeah. three and a half hours. Yes. That's not very typical. <laughs> it sounds more like Paris to yes. me. <laughs> and, uh, and then she said, Grace, I have a meeting now, but can you meet me in an hour? Because I really want to keep talking to you and I want to introduce you to everybody. And like, and I didn't think that she was going to introduce me to everybody, but she, she literally introduced me to <laughs> everybody and and like the first person that she introduced me to uh speaking of female networks was uh one of uh, the people from like one of the biggest business families in Sweden and and most successful business families and uh, the baby Bjorn company and so we all sat down <laughs> and they sat brainstorming all of the people that they could think of who could help me find a job or an internship or just like something to help me on my way all of like the names and numbers and I still have that piece of paper because it's a uh, it's actually right next to the piece of paper that says that I'm a Swedish business owner because that's where it all started <laughs> Well, I also think it's fun because when we, when I think of that time that you're referring to now, that uh, we were mapping what what you said you wanted to do, yeah. but it very quickly to us became clear that you should be part of the startup ecosystem <laughs> and the business side of this. But of course, uh, really, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. Grace has a voice of an angel and never stops singing. <laughs> but it was such fun to see how introducing you to. Uh, specifically, actually, the that hour later when we did uh, meet up again, and I think yeah. you look, you really looked surprised that I was there. <laughs> I thought, <laughs> what kind of people are you used to? Uh, and then you went for one uh, one more hour. Well, or, uh, I think two it was or, the rest of the time. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't stopped <laughs> since so then. So this, this yeah. is a lunch that goes on yeah. for five. <laughs> two years? <laughs> Ladies that lunch. Yeah. It's still going on. Yeah, Actually, yeah. yeah. Because yeah. that was, we met up at uh, SAP46, Startup People of Sweden, and... Um, uh, because I was at very early stages of my own startup, but supporting the uh, community of startups that, and the ecosystem that was really growing at an explosive rate there. So I was thinking, mm. there are companies here you would really want to be yeah, part of. And that you was such a revelation to me. Like In I went, way? I think like because I by this stage I'd been here for maybe four or five months and like the first three months I just I really needed it had been a torrid year and I just needed a bit of a break and so I took a couple of months to just explore and and find my feet um but that didn't just one, one question a did, job did Sweden live up to your expectations those first oh, months oh it exceeded uh the first month <laughs> um, before we met <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, no I had a really great first three months it was just very very different like I, I really enjoyed myself I loved I love Swedish summer then it was summer that's yeah. what I was going to yeah, say yeah Swedish summer is great no, um, so, so the dream came yeah. true because like the narrative of these stories usually is that you, you get disappointed when you have so like big expectations but you didn't no, I I loved my first. It feels like a magical time for me. Like I think back on that time when I was in the archipelago and I was at my friends' country houses and I was just like, I mean, we partied a fair bit. It was quite fun. Um, <laughs> and I'd never been a partier before. So I got introduced to Swedish life in the best way possible. And then I thought like, I really need to focus on the career now. And um, 
and find a job. So I. How did you react to to the idea of you going into tech, music tech, and 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 what I Sarah t- suggested? Or it was sort of more. Uh, an evolution for me it wasn't ever that I was like okay and now I'm going into music tech it was sort of it gradually unfolded and I think um when Sarah was uh, like telling me her vision and saying like they're really really similar like you just need to see it and uh, and I was super open to everything at the time and said yes to everything I got the <laughs> nickname yes girl uh, <laughs> so um Yeah, Sarah um, sort of like was showing me the similarities and then I got to seeing them myself and when she said I want to like do something to really like formalize this relationship between music and tech in Stockholm I was like that's a brilliant idea let's do it like I'd really like to help out when you launch that and she was like help out like I thought that you were going to be co-founder and I was like what? <laughs> that's how it happened. Yeah, yeah that's the first uh, the, the the first uh, conversation about yeah okay <laughs> that led to Stockholm Music City. Yes, mm-hmm. which uh, again is a concept uh, that uh, brings tech and music together. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you have a physical hub. Yes. Yes. Stockholm Music House, right next door to Alba the Museum, conveniently located. Um, yeah, it's it's sort of like it keeps unfolding. It keeps getting bigger and bigger. It's like so exciting to see it. The ecosystem around has just become fantastic with support globally, uh, and uh, the the seed of the thought uh, is something that in my past, well, from the dawnings of internet, being so surprised like a lot of people who were young in the industry at the time working at major labels at really shocked and surprised how such a tech industry at heart could be so against what was happening in the world and uh, from i think from that very day this idea formed that wow to realize how far away from each other the traditional music industry and the tech were and i thought that'll be solved in a few years this is 95 <laughs> And years went and it just became more and more of seeing it as an enemy instead of embracing and seeing as fantastic opportunities. So that's what sort of laid the seed. And then the reality came at that point when we met. So the tech music industry is traditionally male-dominated. What's it like here in Stockholm? I I would actually say the music industry is male-dominated. Traditionally, the, the entire ecosystem uh, sadly so uh, even if things are getting better but from I, I've only my entire career I only worked with men uh, whether I was in a studio or out of a studio or in the music company I was working at EMI and Virgin at the time there were of course a lot of women in the company but uh, so at the very very early stage of working PR and and directly with artists Then there were uh, women around, but the second I got into more senior level, no women globally until a lot about ten years later. Until I saw, for example, among fifty-seven uh, general managers in the world for each territory, there were only two uh, women out of fifty-seven. Of course, one was in Sweden, <laughs> Virgin Sweden. And and so, uh, um, what's what's your uh experience of uh, uh, tech industry uh, music tech industry being a, a a woman's place i've been really um encouraged by i mean 
coming from Australia and then coming to Sweden, it's like two completely different worlds. It's, yeah, it's, uh, there's a very stark contrast. And so... Um, Tell me about that contrast. What I is think it? growing up, it's not like anybody ever said, like, you can't do this or, or whatever because you're a girl, but it's just very subtle sort of things. And you're not, um, you're not exposed to opportunities that, I mean, I've always been super ambitious in, in whatever I want to do at a particular time, I go out at full speed and commit to it fully. And so I've always been really ambitious and it's not through lack of ambition that I didn't consider entrepreneurship an option. It's just that it was never presented to me as an option. And so I think that it has to start really early in sort of education that that is an option, that you you don't have to be an employee. And I, I think it's... Um, I think it's really important, especially for women to um, be pulled up into those roles and, and be presented with those options. And that's what happened when I got here. I was um, afforded a lot more respect and and also with age as well. I find that uh, sometimes a bit of a barrier, but here it's everybody's sort of equal. And so like I have... Um, my co-founders are all a lot older than I am, but um, I'm afforded a lot of respect and, and equality with them and the people that they know. So, yeah, I think that's something that really stands out as a difference between Australia and Sweden. So, so how do you have any examples on on the opposite in in Australia? How, how have you have any experiences that? I think it's very subtle. I think it's just in the culture, and uh, and there's a culture of blokiness and and mateship and and sort of looking after your own. And if there are um, a, a lot of people in power who are you know straight white males, then that sort of flows down into that they take on. Uh, people and and pull up people who are who are like them and um, I think it has to start really really early and I think Sweden does an amazing job of that to to make women and men more equal and so I would like to see that sort of taken back to Australia and really implemented there because I mean people still think it's funny to um to joke about domestic violence and it's it's more like a, a cultural thing it's not um it's not that a man would say oh I'm better than you because I'm a man it's just sort of in day-to-day life that you notice very subtle things um that that affect the way that life is carried out so I think it's amazing to see how much as listening to you and your experience of Sweden so far. I think it's fantastic because it really following that and being very close to young people even here that uh, or from Sweden originally that how much it's changed just in my lifetime and things that were uh, I wouldn't even have dreamt of that when people say to me why didn't you go to KTH uh, the Royal Institute of Technology or any technical I said what me that's not there wasn't even a thought process even though uh, I'm lucky and have parents who were and especially a mother a fantastic role model who was working and doing all the things that everyone said to her were impossible because when I was growing up most most uh, mothers were stay-at-home mothers and it was it is really amazing to see how much has happened from the 70s onwards here even and in spite of us being so 
equal as we are compared to the rest of the world. We still have such a long way to go, even in Sweden. Mm. And it's, of course, in the uh, community, in the tech and the community we are in, it's a very sharing and mentorship community, which I think is probably one of the passions to show that, no, you can you can do anything you want, regardless of uh, not not just gender, but age yeah. <laughs> or any other reason or ethnicity and nothing stands in your way but mm-hmm. yourself don't listen to what other people say mm-hmm. and then of course here we are lucky to have the law on our side so and the possibilities because there are so many countries where you can't even if you want now i think that's um one of the actually i mean Australia and Sweden. Um, I've been really lucky um, in the early phases of my career to have such strong role models and mentors, like from both men and women. Um, But I mean, to come here and and not really know anybody and then to find somebody like Sarah who was so giving and, and sharing with what she had and didn't see competition as I'd sort of experienced before, um, and introduced me to to her um, her friends and her huge network. Then that has sort of been like a defining um, part of like my rise in my career. And I and I couldn't have done it without the women that have gone before me. And I think like as well in Australia, there were university lecturers who were really like that with me, um, and and teachers and and pe- like journalists in the newsroom at the ABC who really like took me under their wing and, and saw something in me that I didn't even see in myself for a long time. So I think um, that's been a, like a really defining force in my career and I'm really, really grateful for that. This is really a beautiful expression, t- this taking someone under your wings. But one thing that I uh, think of uh, in relation to your story is that Uh, what you did, Sarah, it's a contrast to the popular opinion uh, that uh, we Swedes are cold and not so welcoming. Uh, are you a real a Swede? <laughs> <laughs> well, I always say, what is a real Swede? We're all Swedes now. Yeah, That's another thing I love, yeah. that the mix of people that are congregating to Stockholm and the difference of uh, as um, uh, having a mother from India Uh, growing up in a very, very, well, the posh side of Stockholm, not seeing one single person from another country. I didn't even realize that there were immigrants at all. And uh, to to this typical, uh, what is typically Swedish, and very much, of course, on how one looks. And uh, it was terrible to hear that, well, you're lucky you look Swedish. And yes. I said, like, what do you mean by that? <laughs> Because... You mean because I'm unlucky that I don't look half Indian. I would love to look more Indian in the world. But but when they uh, this whole uh, idea of uh, identity, of course, to where do you come from? And growing up with my brother and sister looking more uh, half something that people were not familiar with. People had hardly seen anyone from India. In in uh, <laughs> it's not that long ago. <laughs> Sound ancient, but in Sweden it was very unusual. And uh, this, this um, well, the the diversity that has changed so much. I just think I just hope it becomes more everywhere, so that we can't say anymore. Oh, you look typically sweet. This is typically Swedish. Every, yeah, of course. And uh, uh, typically, typically human. 
is really, I know it sounds idealistic, but I think that's the best way forward globally. We just to see, look what's happening in the ecosystem, not just in Stockholm, but the startup community in the world and the music industry has always been this way. Not not always in every country, but within m- creators has always been very sharing and very, uh, doesn't matter, the music is a global language, doesn't matter where you come from. And uh, that's a fantastic thing to learn for every other community and every other line of work. Yeah. Also, I think that stereotype about Swedes is sort of true in that like there's there's an exterior sometimes, but I think like very quickly um, you're sort of like taken in and 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 really looked after. And I I found that like when I was here for the five days with the choir, I um I made a really really close friend, and her family sort of took me in and and we kept in touch for a year and uh, on the phone and then when I came back we picked up where we left off and and she picked me up from the airport with her mom and mm. sort of like for that first summer really like invited me in as a sort of family member and I went on family road trips with them and and so I've had a really great experience of Sweden and Swedish people and um and even though it's like it might be difficult to find your footing at first um i think that was largely a sort of language barrier thing um but after a while like if you f- if you find the right people and and the right industries then i think it's it's such an amazing place to move and to live um yeah i've had such a great experience when it changed everything i think anything. i think of course when it comes to stereotyping which one always which always does happen, and and I find what more in the culture, uh, and it's probably ingrained from uh, old times or from uh, a lot of time from just plain shyness, which comes across as this uh, cold or or unflexible, and um, I find since I've lived half my life in in other countries and really really feel the cultural difference moving back home, which I did a few years ago, that we even call ourselves the ex-expat club <laughs> and expats, that this, uh, that what I would like to see more and more of is just don't be so rigid, mm. uh, don't be so, uh, we can't, it's either uh, I am now myself with my child, so I have to be with you and your child, but be spontaneous, Be look around and help somebody because I, I think when you come in like that, you can feel very lonely mm. for that reason just because of the rigidness. Yeah, and I, I think the two of you are the best PR for this <laughs> this movement or this uh, philosophy on, on uh, uh, you don't like to work networking, but taking people under your wings, maybe. I think like one of the best examples of that sort of supportive network uh, thing and like the paying it forward is when Sarah last year won the Startup Community Supporter of the Year Award um, at Sweden Demo Day. And um, I was unfortunately in Australia at the time that she won but I was like watching on the live stream like had tears running down my face I was like finally she's recognized um but yeah like I think it's sort of like it's it started with um with her taking me under her wing as she's done with so many other people and I think that that's just one example of the things that she's done and the things that a lot of people are doing in Stockholm 
to really make it such a supportive ecosystem. And so, like, I was so glad when she won and got recognised for, for, like, ev- I mean, on a small scale, what she did for me, but um, but on a larger scale, what she's done for the startup community. I love your comments from Australia when I because I was <laughs> filming. I usually live stream. And when they were saying that now you have to come up on stage and there were thousands of people there and we had had our booth, uh, Stockholm Music City, together with Sub46. And she wanted to support everybody else, being like, I'm just going to film everybody getting their awards and I'm watching this and I'm like, she's totally going to win this. She's got it in the bag and she doesn't even know it. (laughs) No, I'm literally literally standing there. I thought she was going. So how, how come you knew? Well, I nominated her and then I wrote to everybody else and I was like, she hey guys. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I threatened I was, them with death. I've never been so shocked in my life. Seriously, <laughs> never been so. Because I re- even when, the, uh, when I was getting close to the stage to film, wow, <laughs> I, I've got a perfect view. And then the person with the real big <laughs> film camera was tapping my shoulder. I know him a bit. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, sorry, I'm in your way. <laughs> and he says, I think they want you to get up on stage. I was like writing to our intern being like, make sure that you film it. Like she's filming it, but she's going to have to stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was, I was a shock. <laughs> but that was really, really fantastic. It's actually, I do, apart from being humbled by getting that award, and uh, it really brought tears to my eyes that, so many people were supporting, but I really value people uh, like Spiltan and and uh, Per, the owner who creates such a prize and award that highlights people who often are uh, in the background. I have a lot of people I'll nominate for next year. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's so important to like the the people that have brought you up to the position that you are to then like try and support them in return, like. And and also support others who who are coming up behind you. Um, and yeah, I mean, I would love to do what Sarah has done for me, but for a lot of other people. So you I already do. <laughs> you already do. <laughs> so congratulations to the award. But uh, I want to congratulate you both to your amazing connection and your amazing love story or friendship <laughs> story or yeah. we didn't find that word family for yeah. family for bromance the universe sort of the universe, like, the universe. Yeah. yeah we've That's sort cool. of gone from like i mean on in work hours we're colleagues and co-founders and and partners and and on weekends it's like a mother-daughter yeah, sort of relationship family. then it's, it's like so nice. now it's out of office hours then yeah. i go into mother yeah. mode <laughs> then she's like yeah. have you forgotten your beanie and your gloves i'm like yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think there, there simply are uh, no word yet for your uh, type of relationship but yeah, i hope to, to see more, more I, yeah i hope <laughs> to see more of it so just one last question to to end with uh, uh, what would you say is a woman's place? Anywhere she damn well wants it to be, I think. Um, <laughs> Where no. we are right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, and like, and just, I think, I think that women should be able to do whatever they they want to do, and I think that women should support other women, and everybody should just support people. Yes. Um, yeah. There people is should yeah. just support yeah, people. Exactly. That's the <laughs> ideal story. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys. It's been great. Uh, And uh, join us again soon for the next installment of A Woman's Place. Thank you. Thank you.